0: How do, you, how do you play the staring contest? Is it first to blink or first to look away? Either. I have naturally I wet eyeballs.
1: No, you just blinked.
0: Oh, I thought we were done. <laughs> I, thought I... Uh,
1: I was. <laughs> Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. I'm Justin Plant. We're the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your guides to practicing effective video for business. We're like the Jim Malone to your Elliot Ness and the rest of the Untouchables from The Untouchables. It's a movie. I haven't seen it. Scraping the bottom of the old? barrel here. I'm going to say 91.
0: Oh, okay. 92, maybe. Oh, it's called The Untouchables. Yeah. Yes,
1: Kevin Costner is Elliot Ness. Mm. Uh, Robert De Niro, I believe, is Al Capone. Sean Connery plays Jim Malone. Good directed? Um, it yeah, like it's like Brian something. De Palma or something oh, okay. like that. that.
0: That's about the right era, yeah.
1: Today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be giving detailed instructions on how to fail a video. How to
0: fail. Yep. If um, you want to fuck up your next project, listen just, closely.
1: Just do everything we're about to lay out. Um, before we lay those things out, though, I understand we have a, a new, mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: totally legitimate sponsor this yep. week.
0: Yep. Uh, this, is fr- uh, sp- this week's sponsor is Cribble. Okay. Great.
1: Well, I look forward to hearing the spot from Cribble later in the episode. Uh don't have a marker for it here, so we'll just have to remember after maybe yeah. three bullet wow. points. Um or we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Tease. Let's <I'll> skip ahead. <laughs> I suppose it's worth asking the dumb question here. Are we really encouraging our audience to fail at video?
0: Not at all. Uh, this is mostly uh us Helping you learn from our mistakes, uh, th- things that we have done. Every I'm sure we've done every single one of these. I haven't read the I entire imagine. list, but
1: yeah. uh, but I imagine we have along the way. Or we've been confronted with someone who's trying to. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. like maybe a client, client too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You want to start big picture? It looks like you've got an overall thing. Uh, yeah. Title here.
1: I, I think there's some things that I didn't really see as necessarily fitting into one of the seven phases, and so. Since we're saving strategy to the end, just because we typically bore people with that in most of our other episodes, uh, I figured yeah, we Yeah, so stick around for- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to hear about the strategic mistakes you could make, make sure to stick around. That's how we get them to listen to the sponsor spot. Yeah. Put the juicy stuff at the end. Overall, yeah, I, because as we were coming up with this pretty specific list, kind of toward the end of putting the list together, it occurred to me that we had not put on here yet um, set out- to create a viral video, what's wrong with that? Um, I don't know. There's something wrong with the subject and the object there. I feel like. So
0: we want to make a viral video. Viral Justin. video is
1: something that happens to a video, not something like it's not something you create. It's it's something that it's not a thing that is made. It is something that happens to something that has been made. Virality is in the viewing and the sharing and the. Uh, unexpected mm-hmm. explosiveness of it to a broad audience not and, and there aren't any like thing there's no equation you could come up with mm-hmm. that like equals viral video
0: the only well-produced uh, video that went viral that I can recall is the Dollar Shave Club and that introduced a whole new era of commercial filmmaking Yes. That became a theme that people are still following today. Yeah. There's some absurdity. There's uh, good key messaging in there. There they are value.
1: certainly some common elements to a lot of viral videos, but it, it doesn't mean... Now, I imagine when somebody comes to us, and this does happen less and less now, when somebody comes to us and says, we're really looking to make a viral video... I'm willing to admit that probably half of that is somebody just misusing the term. And what they mean to say is, we'd like to create a a video that has the qualities that a lot of the viral videos have.
0: Or is very shareable, yeah.
1: So, shareability, concise messaging. Humor. Something, pattern interrupting, be it humor, tone, uh, a QR code bouncing around a screen for 30 seconds.
0: You can't, a lot of viral videos are there's something very authentic and and real about it it's usually somebody filming from their phone and yeah. seeing something happen that nobody expected and it's hard to manufacture authenticity i yes. think those are those two words are at odds with each yeah
1: other. and and even the dollar shave club video it had just a certain look at us we're a small company we don't give a fuck we're gonna be inane and absurd mm-hmm. and silly and it worked yeah and it's been a while, but I've also, there's a podcast episode where the founder is talking about the making of that. And they put a lot of it's money behind promoting that. Hmm. They got a great deal from a friend yeah. to shoot it. Um, it's really,
0: like, like the budget was like five grand or something, to- not so, even. Yeah. Uh,
1: I was going to say like 1500 but I yeah. think it was basically like it was a friend who said, yes, this is worth doing. Mm hmm just cover the people that I got to bring in or something like that. Um, But they put a lot of money in promoting it. So there Mm. it got in front of, I mean, it deliberately got in front of a lot of eyeballs so that it could give it that spark of virality. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's impossible to set out to create a viral video. So if you're thinking, Oh, we need a, a video that goes viral before asking anybody to make that for you, just think about, What are the qualities that you think that means? Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to get a much better response from Mm -hmm. any producer just because there's danger in identifying yourself as someone whose goal is virality. Mm -hmm. So if the goal is as simple as being something that's got good messaging, is offbeat, has a hook, you know, those elements, that's totally different. Mm -hmm. How many direct messages is enough
0: for... (laughs) So yeah, the next point, having too many DMs, decision makers, having too many cooks in the kitchen, another way to put it. And this is not just a, uh, during the revisions process, there's uh, like in post-production, this is something that happens every step along the way where people have, there's just too many opinions. You need to have one person calling the shots.
1: Yeah. Every ship needs a captain. Um, but is this where we cut away to the too many cooks video for like the 12 minutes that it is? Speaking of viral videos, you don't remember Too Many Cooks? No. It even had, like, a Too Many Cooks. It was, like, a
0: Full House-themed kind of thing. Oh, was that something on, like, Adult Swim, maybe? Yeah, it was okay. one of those yeah. kind of things.
1: Um, well, that was 12 minutes of Too Many Cooks. Whether or not we did it, I don't know. Um, yeah, every ship needs a captain, and that's not, that's, that's not just, like, every shoot needs a director. Every client um needs one person to be able to make the final say because especially in a business setting every individual has different responsibilities and goals and perspectives that the more people are trying to get what helps them the more watered down everything becomes and there's the whole you know idiomatic phrase about a camel being a horse designed by a committee when too many people are involved, it just becomes inefficient and mangled. the, the output, the product becomes, um, something that's hard to recognize. And I think there's something about the creative process too, and and making things that the more you're in it, the harder it is to see the forest for the trees. And so you may be making terrible mistakes as part of a committee, but like every every decision seems justified mm-hmm. in the moment right. and And that's what's so dangerous and tricky about it is because somebody can make an argument for something that makes sense. And so as a group, you decide to do that. You,
0: well, you compromise all over the place.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and and there, there's a couple things that happen. You can compromise in places and so it gets watered down to a lowest common denominator. Or you end up actually elevating two or three things that are competing with each other. So somebody may say, it's not always about watering it down. It's oftentimes what happens. But you also just get these conflicting messaging points or decisions being made because, right? And, and, and I don't think we're saying don't involve sure. multiple perspectives we're saying that one person has to have the ability to say whether we're doing this or not and understand how it affects the rest From of the client case. side who should that be i think it absolutely totally varies with client yeah um you know some some it, when i think about our clients some of them is. are set up to have they have like their marketing department project manager as mm-hmm. kind of our single point of contact and what they do is they actually take All of the combined feedback, for example, Mm -hmm. put it up against each other and kind of go back to the team and say, I've got some conflicting notes here from person A and person B. Where do we want to find this consensus? So they may not have the decision power themselves, but they know that their role is to keep an eye out for those things that are either compromising or Mm -hmm. conflicting. Sometimes it's um,
0: like a creative director. Yep, a if creative a director or
1: or a, a director of content or somebody who understands right because video doesn't live in a vacuum. So somebody who understands the other content that your company is making, how everything fits. Um, yeah, there's I, too many I, variables. I it's, to it's just t- across the board. Yeah, to say I'd it love to answer be, it, but yeah, I think every organization, every organization has a team where hopefully they understand who. You know,
0: I think ultimately it's who's accountable for this and they yeah. need to make the decisions. Yeah.
1: And they need to be involved at the right points too. Mm-hmm. Um, a fantastic mistake to make if you want to fail at video is to wait to involve that person when you're on like final version for approval. Mm-hmm. So you want whoever's going to provide feedback to be involved as early as possible, even if they're just kind of consulted or informed so that they know they've got a sense of of the journey that we took to get here, what it is we're trying to accomplish, what decisions, compromises, um, et cetera, have been made along the way, because if they come in cold at the end of the process, they will have none of the context and their own motivations for what they think something should be and it will just gum up the works to then throw it to here's a typical scenario throw it to the ceo for final oh, approval God.
0: oh someone who doesn't even know this project is happening <laughs> like i don't like the color on that frame right there
1: yeah um yeah yeah i've I, seen that a number yeah, of times. that's and, and again i get the instinct but don't i mean i think
0: from an, from an agency side especially with a new client, oversharing is the right thing. Here's the creative treatment. Here's the intended call to action. Here are the actors we're hiring. Here's the script. Here's the whatever. And, and share that so that at least at the very end you can say, this has all been in, in your right. possession and we kept getting thumbs ups.
1: This is about to get very expensive.
0: As an agency, I've, I've really enjoyed working with clients long enough where we can absorb a lot of that decision-making power and it, it helps them because they don't have to dedicate a lot of time to it and yep. it helps us because we can just push through and and, and that uh, takes trust their, yeah
1: yeah you can't just jump into a first project with someone and expect them to do it exactly the way an internal mm-hmm. team would
0: yeah it, it's hard to know in the moment uh if this is happening but bringing on the wrong team member or freelancer to assist in the project um It's really hard to know in the moment. It is. Yeah. Sometimes there's a gut feeling, but you're like, maybe you're in a corner or you're cornered and you don't know, you've got to, you've got to bring in an editor and you couldn't find the person to do it. And, uh, and then this person doesn't work out or
1: I I could see this tying to the, um, who's the person on the client side to be responsible. Plenty of, of situations we've been in where someone has just recently been elevated to uh, some additional responsibility. And, and a video project may be the first thing that is kind of outside of their traditional experience. Mm-hmm. So it could be that that person's, their lead graphic designer, and maybe mm-hmm. part of grooming them to eventually become creative director or something is manage this. Now, I would put an asterisk on anything that's like a, resource management personnel career advancement kind of thing um if you're trying to give someone additional responsibility to see how they do you have to do that as a manager Mm -hmm. as a boss but you know does this person possess decision making and leadership skills that you think would help them succeed in this or are you just trying to give them additional work because it feels like it's in the you know just a part of their career advancement path or, or whatever but yeah, I, I, you know, really think about the qualities of someone who needs to be able to make the tough decisions and build consensus and have a backbone, stand up for, you know, the brand, whatever it is, but, uh, you know, also let people do their jobs. It's a, yeah, it's a balance.
0: I, I wrote this one down or suggested it mainly because I'm, th- I was thinking we were a day before the shoot and it was our first call with who was going to be our editor Mm -hmm. our creative director was there our producer was there and i was there because our producer was was leaving shortly um i just did not get a good feeling about this editor Mm -hmm. and uh, and all of a sudden like i and i've been there before i've gone against that decision that uh, i've decided against that feeling uh and it turned out to be the wrong decision well at you know, at this point I realized, okay, I'm trying to learn from that mistake. I don't feel like this person's right for this project. We scrambled. We found somebody who worked out really, really well. Um, There's a new person to add to our roster of freelancers. Uh, And so I think if you've got that gut feeling about a certain team member, it's probably just not the right time to bring them into that, that project.
1: Yeah. Bringing somebody on for the first time is a very risky thing. And your gut is a good indicator of risk
2: mm-hmm.
1: And if your gut is saying I don't know That I can trust this person Unless it's like an internal project um, yeah, Try to find someone else Even if it's someone that you haven't worked with before Where you don't have that gut feel mm-hmm. But I think I mean I would encourage everyone who listens To Just trust your gut in terms of Who you're bringing into projects Don't overthink it um, if you've got that that red flag feeling going off in your gut, what's the worst thing that can happen? You were wrong, and you'll never know that they would have done fine. But, yeah. I, and then best case scenario, you're stressed about it the entire time, just waiting for them to fail. Mm-hmm. And that's never good for anybody.
0: <laughs> All right. Should we move this thing along here? We've got pre-production, production, production post Distribution, promotional analysis as one, and then strategy at the end, just to kind of give a little roadmap here. Um, pre-production. Let's jump in. Number one rule to fail in pre-production
1: is to have the mindset, we'll fix it in post.
0: Yep. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I love the, uh, the phrase, let's fix it in pre. Yeah. Fix it in pre-production. Make the best decisions you can throughout this pre-production process if you have to push back a shoot. You're better off being rushed for editing than being, (laughs) than rushed. You're better off being rushed for editing than you are being rushed for the right creative concept. I feel like. I'd rather push the shoot back, and make sure that we have a good creative foundation, so that there's less time for editing. Yes. Than than the other way around.
1: Yes, I I would say that's more often true. I think it depends a lot on the style, but. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to overplan um, a production, whether that's a production day or just the rest of the production. It's hard to overplan because there's so much value in going through the process of planning, not just creating the plan, but thinking about and having to make certain decisions. You. It's the Eisenhower quote: like the the value of of building a strategy is in build is in making the strategy, not in executing it perfectly because you're never able to execute it mm-hmm. perfectly. The Mike Tyson version, I think, is you know everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the do fucking the voice face. do the voice I can't do the voice I I'm so far from being able to do the voice. There's so much value in in going through and considering all of the options that when things. Should things when something goes wrong Mm -hmm. during the rest of the production, whether it's a high stress day on set or something in the edit or whatever, you've already considered some alternatives. And even if you decided not to do them, they kind of have become backup options. I wanted to hire this editor, Mm -hmm. but I've got this gut feeling. So at least in the process of thinking about who should edit this, I considered three or four people. So let's go to the next person. Mm -hmm kind of comes up on the list I also want to mention that I think there are some things here in production that could fall under pre-production right like yeah. like not scheduling your day I you know just, that just could go under I mean scheduling your day is your shoot is what come it's what a big part of pre-production is mm-hmm. there's so much that you have to figure out before you're actually rolling the
2: camera-hmm
1: a lot of people's mindset and and i know it's it's been ours for a long time is when you think about the people involved in a shoot like if you look at one day of your production your most expensive day is your shoot day
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: your most expensive days are your shoot days
0: because if you've got a 10-hour work day and you've got 20 people on set that's a lot of hours and there's a lot of hours that go in before that to make sure that that day is just Executing and knowing backups.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know, rushing in production, fix it in post. Like or rushing to production, we'll figure it out on set.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? That or, because, as a
0: producer, that gives me so much stress.
1: That is yeah. That's and you're not a planner. Right? right. Like the way that your mind works is you're a doer. You want to be like told what the plan is, and then you're gonna go do whatever it is you're gonna do.
0: I'm already taking three steps by the time you're starting. Uh,
1: yes. And so to hear somebody who's wired like that, but who is a producer, saying
0: it really makes
1: me anxious when, yeah, that that plan Someone isn't says, together. It. Yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out on the day. Ugh. No, we'll figure it out right now, and if we have to pivot, right, we'll pivot. That's, that's yeah, yeah.
0: What about the next one? This is a fun.
1: Yeah, I so this one I didn't really know where to put this. I um so I put it in pre-production. It could be in post-production. This one was one that was really driven by a single, the first time we ever had this problem with the project. So I wrote it as, you know, writing yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. Like being, and what I mean by that is being so specific that you don't give yourself flexibility. Mm-hmm. So we had written um, a, a good script. We had. Um, planned every single shot,
0: mm-hmm. um, so that the voiceover and the visuals. So the voiceover be, and the visual and collect. the
1: timing, and it was—I mean, everything, every almost every frame. You almost
0: had you had it pre-edited. You built yes. store, yeah. Yes. You Put the music. You put a vo- scratch track.
1: Yep, and and post-it notes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even executed the shoot almost flawlessly, as I remember it. Except for the guy who stole my shirt Except for the guy who stole your clothes um, And asked for payment up front before he would sign the release Oh,
0: and then he was hitting on our lead
1: actor He was hitting on our lead, yep She was uncomfortable Oh yeah, that was bad She's a trooper We should do a whole episode on (laughs) everything (laughs) that went wrong on that shoot
0: (laughs) We're naming names
1: (laughs) Yes We were really satisfied at the end of the shoot And I went back to edit it We were so
0: prepared I remember going into production thinking this is going to be a breeze It's already edited Yes It's already edited Just take shot. You know, take four, put it there. Take one, put it there.
1: And and we did it. I did it, and I watched it, and I thought, huh. And I said, Justin, come over here. And you looked over my shoulder, and I played it again. And after about two and a half minutes, we we're like, just it, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, it just I remember doesn't that. Work. Yeah, it was a very gut-wrenching feeling knowing that we did we, it we, we did exactly what we set out to do exactly what the client wanted we were excited about it they were excited about it and it fell and, completely and when flat. you watch it it just didn't work so what what did we do wrong i,
1: I have no didn't idea. Didn't give
0: ourselves enough flexibility and we didn't get a lot of coverage we didn't, in get our shots. Cov-
1: we didn't get enough coverage so we didn't have options to mix up the edit i mean because didn't we record voiceover yeah on especially that, on something like this this was You have the opportunity, as much as you may not want to, you have the opportunity on a VO driven piece to go back to the VO talent and say, Hey, I've got some rewrites. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Please re record this. And some VO talent will include rewrites. Some they'll charge you extra, whatever. If you got to pay extra, you got to pay extra because if it doesn't work, don't put it out there. Right. Um, But if you've already done the shoot and you didn't get the coverage, then you gotta. I mean, the easiest, most expensive thing to do is to go out and reshoot and and come up with the new shots that you need for for a narrative that works. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what our solution was. I feel like what we did was we shortened it and we took a couple chunks out, and it just the pace flowed better, and so we were able to to actually take a less is more approach. Take a, I want to say it was like two minutes and 37 seconds. I think we got it down to like two minutes flat.
0: We had very stylized shots too. So it's not like they were just things you could move somewhere else. They they
1: fed into each other and they were, yeah. I mean the framing and it was It's like Wes
0: Anderson ish. It was
1: like our fourth client project. And it was something that, I don't know, we just felt so confident with, but we were just too restrictive we didn't get the coverage. We didn't give ourselves the options, and so we made it work. But there's nothing like that feeling of having executed a plan perfectly, and then you look at the result, and and you just have to admit yourself it doesn't work.
0: Yep. So some of our of our pre production and production bleed into each other. So do you want to take a break now for our sponsor?
1: Yeah, I'd love to hear from our new okay. sponsor. All right, our new totally real sponsor.
0: This is Cribble. There's not a whole, so they just kind of sent me a a bunch of material. I'm just, uh, have you ever, do you ever listen to like Smartless or um, Joe Rogan or anything?
1: Uh, I've heard the name.
0: Uh, Anyhow, this ad is a little more just like talking through the products. Okay. Yeah.
1: So they Uh, didn't write you into a corner on this. They didn't
0: write me into a corner. No, it's just more like here's what we've got going on, and then I, you know, I talked with them and saw some cool opportunities and. Here we are. They did write one line at the end, but I don't think they spent much time on it. A lot of, lot of copy there. But um, this is Cribble. That's C-R-I-B-B-L-E. And, Ben, you're going to like this. It's a portmanteau. I love portmanteaus. Do you want to guess? Of Crib and Scrabble. Hmm. No, but it is Crib.
1: And Dribble. Yes. It's basketball for babies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: basketball Not yet, for your house? But they've already pivoted in the past, so...
1: Um, well, hold on, let me write down basketball for babies on my not fake <laughs> podcast sponsors list. Uh,
0: so yeah, crib and dribble. And I think you can see where this is going. But what it is is a so. it's a bedtime device that collects all of that valuable drool you dispense while sleeping. Now, originally designed to keep babies' cribs dry throughout the night. Sure, um, but then they all- already
1: have diapers. Why shouldn't they have a cribble
0: too? Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Okay. I'm with you now. Uh, yeah, you've got a niece. I mean, she's probably just a. If I use it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is once they realized the value of saliva, they saw a new opportunity, and so this is where this is where it really becomes interesting. They started
1: out in big data. That's right. is that right? This is a couple of pivots away from big data. This it, yeah, it's it's
0: kind of messy past, okay. but uh, you know, went from data to consumer products and now now this is actually really targeted towards the prepper community survival ah did you know saliva is made up of well what would you guess first one h2o yep yeah, yep water that's 99 percent of it yeah. the other one percent this is like tacos from taco tuesday <laughs> um Ooh, it's tuesday hmm. digestive enzymes which help pre-digest food that sure in a survival scenario, I don't know, really need that, but if, but if you don't have a fire, you may need to pre-digest that, that meat or something, uh, the, the fruits or whatever, instead of cooking it. Go on. Uh, neutrophils, it's an infection-fighting white blood cell for addressing wounds. Electrolytes, which improve hydration and regulate blood pH and deliver important minerals for physical and mental performance. Uh, and then the, the real money maker here is epithelium. It's one of the four basic types of animal tissue that regulate the exchange of chemicals in the body, the secretion of hormones, and your body's immune response. And so by harvesting Epithelial cells. Epithelial. Yeah. Epithelium.
1: Epithelium, which I imagine is connected to epithelial cells. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you remember that from class? Yes, I do. Gotcha. And so the device, it, it separates this into water and then other little packets of importance the other one percent of stuff and it's just stuff you would just be drooling on the you know the forest floor anyhow mm-hmm. so um, so for our listeners they're offering a free three-month subscription if you buy before bedtime tonight just go to www.cribble.com TVR you'll get your first three months free with a 12-month commitment
1: I have so many questions
0: yeah well I mean ooh, well, I,
1: I imagine fun. I could find those answers on the website
0: I'm sure it's all on the FAQ got it yep
1: Good. Well, welcome, Cribble, to our lovely little podcast Mm here.
0: That's a nice shirt, by the way. Is that Orvis or something?
1: We've talked about this. It is? No, you can't touch me like that when the cameras are on. (laughs) Uh, It is Stitch Fix, my wardrobe provided by me paying Stitch Fix to send me clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. That, ooh, that would be a nice actual sponsorship to have. Hmm. Um, Mr. Oliver's wardrobe provided
0: by <laughs> Stitch, Stitch Fix. Ben chooses for you your new style and then puts it yes. in your Stitch ooh, Fix. Ooh,
1: yes. Stitch Ben. Ben chooses your wardrobe for you, and then you go and order it and pay for <laughs> it. Uh, okay,
0: where were we? Uh, kind of somewhere between the gray area of pre-production and production.
1: All right, let's talk about um, scheduling our day. If we want to fail at video, should we schedule our day very well?
0: No, I think you just you take as long as you need to set up. Sure. Um, sometimes that takes that, you through what? lunch. Twenty minutes. Yeah, I think that's probably enough. But you know, we'll f- we'll figure it out on set. That's okay. They're professionals. I'm sure they can set up their gear yeah. quickly. Yeah. Especially
1: if we don't even know what they need to set up. They probably don't set up much. Sure. I just an even general just, lighting, yeah. fellas. Yeah uh audio person you pick the color temperature i don't care yeah temperature
0: Um, 72 degrees while i'm on set and you know producing a piece i'm i'm working very closely with the director to make sure that we are on time throughout the day it's hard it's very hard and there's always two or three moments throughout the day where you're furiously rescheduling everything that's left (laughs) and striking lines from the script
1: and i would I would dare to call us professionals at this. And we have moments on any given shoot where, uh, even on one day, where you're like, wow, we're actually not as far behind as I expected to be at this point. And everyone says,
0: shut the fuck up. up. (laughs)
1: Um, Hey, guys, we're actually ahead of schedule. (laughs) That person is just executed immediately. Um, And then... 45 minutes later, somehow you're an hour and a half behind. Yeah. <laughs> and time is a construct, and none of us know what is going on. But there's something about – and I I have no data to support this, but I feel like on our shoots, we get behind – we get ahead of schedule when we're rolling and talent is doing what they do. Mm-hmm. We get behind schedule the other 80% of the time. The setup. The yeah. setup, the teardowns, the in-between mm-hmm. stuff, the, the having to make certain script changes or mm-hmm. whatever it is on the fly. God forbid, but it always ends up happening.
0: Or waiting for data to transfer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Whatever it may be, it's that 80% of a shoot day that isn't where you're actually rolling that time dilates and just takes longer. Mm-hmm. And at least for us, it's, it's when, and I think we've gotten really good at hiring really talented talent and preparing them and crew and, and crew and giving them the tools that they need to know what we're starting out with. And then inevitably you go along with the plan and something comes up that just doesn't quite work. Also, we talked about this. A
0: big part of the planning is I think every time that we're on set and we're rolling, I'm you know i or other people are, are coming uh, thinking of like oh this would be cool and you want to try new things yeah. if you don't have a schedule you don't know if you can fit that in or right. not yeah and some of that stuff is that's the, where the magic happens is those funny little things on set um and inevitably a client the day before a shoot almost always will say hey or, could or, or you day of. or like add a scene yeah. or change out the ceo with somebody else yeah what
1: can we get a spanish version of this also oh yeah Yes
0: She's
2: bilingual
0: You are
1: lucky <laughs> You are lucky And then the thing about Having a schedule too Is uh, That 20 person crew That's working their 10 hour day They can work longer Than 10 hours They will if they have to For overtime Yep One and a half So that's time and a half For 20 people Yep um, Because you didn't Schedule your day
0: Plus another and, meal
1: And here's the thing Is That's true You get to what 12 hours And You gotta I mean, feed them yeah. again there's union rules them every that five I, hours or
0: six hours. There's I don't know. There's union rules that we try to stick with it is like a general guideline, but, um, but yeah, I don't know general all of them. General guideline.
1: Everything takes about four times longer than you think it will. Um, I don't know that it's that specific, but I remember the first time you and I ever worked together, and we got to a point we sh- we shot what like 28 videos which we yeah. shot we wrote shot Couple and dozen. edited 28 videos in like two months or something mm-hmm. um which i do not recommend anybody do we figured out pretty quickly that setup took about three to four times longer than we thought mm-hmm. it should
0: we had people scheduled to come into the studio and we were like and we were still setting up eh, got some work to do yep
1: it's inevitable mm-hmm. um and and i think we've even gotten to a point where we schedule instead of scheduling two hours before talent, after a call time on most shoots, we've now gotten to where it's three hours and we're still and it's not so much. It's not so much Parkinson's law that work expands to fill the time it's given. It just always. Right. It's like a video is never finished. It's just taken away. Yeah. Like at some point, you
0: have to roll. someone on
1: set has to say, guys, we're fucking 45 minutes behind. We have to roll. Stop. Yeah. Stop tweaking. We got to go with this. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. Oh, no, wait
0: we'll just go with it as it is i'm gonna bring up one uh that's in this gray area of pre-production production production, and that's uh, if you've got something scripted maybe you even have a voiceover but you've got actors who are doing very specific things like blocking Mm -hmm. and having them walk through their their paces uh not rehearsing this stuff will eat up a lot of time on set and inevitably it'll still suck Mm -hmm. Uh, we've I remember I directed something for a client once um, where, I, you know, in these rehearsals that we had scheduled, I more or less just wanted to build a connection with, with the actor. Yeah. Um, and thinking that, okay, if we have a connection, I can, you know, I can work with her on set and get the performance I need. There's
1: a lot of lines to camera that she has to deliver right. Let's focus on the delivery, on understanding that she knows her lines. Yep. And we'll, we'll spend the time on set doing the
0: rest. Um, and then also on her resume, there were certain, uh, capabilities, uh, you know, a lot of times they'll have like horseback riding, archery, yoga. Well,
1: do you know the definition of the word archery? Yes. Capability. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. It means, um, caring for trees (laughs) properly. Uh, Uh, the capabilities section is, I think this is just the general rule, always double and triple check the capabilities, your talent, yeah, States be forecasting. Ask for proof of those capabilities. Um, I'd like to see that they've that someone else has recorded them doing that.
0: Please. We we had yeah, they should have some digitals of that. I mean we we had a whole scene dedicated to yoga. Yoga was in her capabilities. I assumed, yeah, she probably she knows what she's doing. Uh, she talked. We talked to her about yoga. She knew what down dog was and some of the other basics. I'm like, great, this is gonna be good. Uh, between the, um, the rehearsals or the introductions, I'll even call it and the shoot day walkthroughs. Y- yeah. Some of those, some of those positions may have changed, but I never checked with her. Mm. I never made sure that she was capable of doing a certain move that we had set up this whole weird shot where she's doing down dog and we're shooting her head between <laughs> her legs down on the floor level. Um, cause that would have been funny. Be funny. Um, she did not know yoga at all. She couldn't touch her knees, so she certainly couldn't do down dog. Um, Head
1: shoulders. Nope. I'm done. Nope. I'm
0: done. Uh, oh, one thing we didn't put on here is uh, if you're going to have a teleprompter, charge the iPad. Because <laughs> that, on top of her not knowing uh, a couple of the activities, she didn't memorize her lines. That's okay. Didn't we brought the teleprompter? All right. We'll bring flip it up. We'll tele- get a teleprompter. Yeah, bring out the teleprompter. Tight five here, and uh, Uh, it's not charged.
1: It's it's so uncharged,
0: we can't even turn it on when it's plugged in. Yeah. So that was a very stressful day. Uh, We had to reshoot. That cost a lot of money. Rewrite. Rewrite, reshoot. Yeah, everything fell apart at that point. I think with a different
1: talent, we could have pulled off that concept. Mm -hmm. I don't think with that talent and just the right rehearsing, We could have pulled it off. I think what we would have realized is that this person can't do what we need them to do, so we would have recast. I think the concept would have worked, but Mm -hmm. what we ended up with was so bad, we didn't just recast and reshoot. We rewrote. We reconcepted Mm -hmm. and rewrote. We got rid of the idea of the brand mascot.
0: Did we even try to edit it? We must have. Probably a little bit to see what we can salvage here. Yes.
1: I, I I remember getting my hands on some of the yeah. footage.
0: Which you know it's already in a bad place if Ben's editing. If,
1: if if it's being handed off to me, it's been through a couple other people <laughs> to try to make something work. The next one. Oh, the, yeah. The
0: ne- so <laughs> the, on the, the next bullet point here is wardrobes. Yeah. So, I'm, so like 300
1: level thinking on wardrobe but yes yeah there is
0: there's there's much more to, to say about wardrobe but back to that last story we were about to start rolling and our actor spilled a drink all over the front of her shirt which caused and she didn't have a backup um she didn't have a bib on and, and we had, we had already
1: a, shot.
0: We had continuity issues. Had continuity yep. issues because she, she was a, already
1: wearing it. It was hanging in the background. She had to something. put a scarf
0: on to, for the rest of the day. It's just yeah. a mess. All right. What were you going to say about wardrobe? I don't know. Um, Thinking I, about it? I <laughs> Just I, even having an idea of what it should be? Yeah. I mean, the, Look books.
1: the way to fail regarding wardrobes is to just assume that your talent will bring whatever you need. Right. They may own everything that you need, but if you don't have a clear idea of what talent needs to be wearing that day, they can't bring it. Right. They they I mean it it just sounds so obvious. Um but it's one of those things that I think it's on here because it so often gets forgotten. Yep. Um that It's there as a reminder. Uh, Think through, what are you making? Like, are you making a whole series of videos out of this thing? And do you want them to be in the same wardrobe for all of those videos? Or do you want it to make it seem like it was shot over a longer period? Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to, for each category or episode or whatever, have a different wardrobe. Well, what works with the brand? What works on camera, what works for that talent?
2: Mm-hmm. What works with audio?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, hey, great earrings. They're really good looking, but they dangle and they're causing issues with the audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. It's um, Wardrobe
0: leads to the way that they, like people might also do their hair yeah. and yeah. makeup.
1: The hair and makeup, another thing that is so often left to... Day of. Day of. Um... And, you know, your hair and makeup person, you assumed that they were going to bring a steamer, and your talent comes in, in from out of town with all of these wardrobe options and a suitcase, and nobody's got a steamer to get out any wrinkles, and then you're putting your talent on camera in wrinkled, approved wardrobe.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, we. I mean, the remedy that we've found is, bringing on, one, bringing on hair and makeup early enough where we can show them who our actors are to prepare them terms of like skin tones or whatever and and hairstyles but then also having a uh, a wardrobe person specifically handling that working with the creative director to understand what is the aesthetic what is their brand you know our client's brand all about um, who is this character whatever and that's been so helpful in relieving some of that anxiety and stress on, on the day of the shoot.
1: I want to go back to not rehearsing with the actors because there's a couple sub-bullets here that I don't know that we really got into. Mm. Creating clear expectations. For for me, it's... Um, there's a balance. We so often talk about getting as much out of the shoot day as possible. So that often means shooting multiple scripts on one shoot day. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to have the talent read through those scripts with you in a rehearsal, but um, depending on whether it's going to be teleprompter or memorized, whether there's multiple speaking talents, whatever, um, there is an energy drain from every successive take, every successive video, and you will not be able to get as much out of your talent in the last hour of the day as you will the first hour. Mm-hmm. Well, as you will the second hour. Because I do think there's often a warm-up time, yeah. even with the best talent, yep. too. So your first hour, allow time to kind of ramp up into it. But then your last hour, you're, you're just not going to get the performance out of the most talented uh, actor. Um, and you have to, sometimes you have to talk through the expectations of the volume of all of this. Um, Also, teleprompter work is very different than memorized work, but it doesn't mean that it's any less stressful. In fact, for some talent, teleprompter is more stressful, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you need to make little script tweaks, Mm -hmm. which always, always, always happens. Um, Oftentimes because you're, this is another reason to do walkthroughs so many times you're hearing the script for the first time on set mm. and so you could have had a writer and a creative director and a producer and a couple people at the client go through and work together on scripts and sign off on scripts that are written on paper mm-hmm. and nobody's actually uttered or listened yeah. to out loud
0: which is why we started doing table reads
1: so the why we started doing table <laughs> reads because so often a uh, tongue twister uh, will pop out of mm-hmm. a read through where it just kind of hides mm-hmm. on the page. Um, and so, jumping back to those walkthroughs, read throughs, table reads, whatever, that's a great opportunity. It's your first opportunity. In fact, you could even have the talent as they're preparing just record the audio of a couple reads. You know at night after their day job or whatever it is send it to you the next day and you're probably gonna find um, some areas that need to be addressed mm-hmm. uh and I think we've tried to set the rule that uh on any substantial speaking role that whenever possible uh talent has the locked script a week before the shoot yeah it's a better goal than a day before the
0: shoot yeah it's good to have the goal yes not uh, always attainable but yeah
1: what's left here
0: we have, uh, one of them's location so if you want to fail do not scout your location do not prepare anything uh, we did a whole a whole episode of like about two episodes locations and cho- how to choose the right one how to prepare how to how to go through it in pre-production to understand what that location is all about who's going to be there um, where the sun is what sort of noises are happening where the controls are where the electrical is all that stuff. Uh, so I would say go check that the podcast out. But Yes, if
1: you want to fail at video, do not go listen to episode 63,
0: Three? 64? 63. The one about this is locations.
1: Okay, so uh, we are going to take a quick break here. And by quick, I mean two week, because we are going to break this episode into two episodes uh, for your viewing pleasure. Uh, and so... Keep an eye out for part two of How to Fail at Video on the Video Information Podcast.